Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thinks. Banana, nanana, nanana. That's just the way it is. Banana, nanana, nanana. Some things will never change. That's just the way it is. Banana, nanana. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember the rest. There's an old song like that and then a Tupac song like that. I only know the Tupac one. Yeah, there's an older song. It's talking about i think change it like how to be a better person essentially and how to make positive changes and not judge people by creed color yeah yes it's actually pretty cute tupac had a good uh remake too yeah. right 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 yeah speaking of guys we apparently are now coordinating our songs <laughs> so that's a preview for what our episode is about Today, don't count don't count us to always do that yeah we may not This may not happen forever. And we're going to start out today also by reminding you guys that we do have a Patreon. Yeah. Yes. So it is www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink thinks. And if you donate, we got a $3 tip jar per month. We've got a, I want to say a five and a 10. Oh, is it 10 10 and and 20? I think it's 10 and 20. And the upper levels, well, you can check it out. They have little worksheets as well as um, we also Guided. have mindfulness, yeah. honest meditations in there. So we're looking forward to the support. If you guys feel feel so inclined, yeah. we would love it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> support us. Support us. And we also have a Gmail. Yes. So that's email us. Shit your shrink things at gmail.com and email us ideas that you want to hear on the podcast. Yeah. Got just a funny mental health story or something yes. and want it want it told to the world, yeah. we are happy to share. Make sure to let us know, too, because we're running into this already. When people email us or send us an Instagram message, basically want to know, if, can we read this? Is this okay if we read this? Oh, yeah. Can we share couple, your stuff? Couple yeah. I've gotten, I'm like, I don't know if I can read this or not. So just let us know for sure. And then we have an Instagram yeah. and a Facebook. So. Find you, us, like us, follow us. Yes. That's the other thing about the episodes. So if you follow us, it does increase our ability to be visible because it increases our downloads. So if you rate and review us or follow us, it's it's a good deal. It's everybody. helpful. And we appreciate it greatly. We do. We do. So what's good with you this week? Uh, I'm going to go with The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah? I just love The Wizard of Oz. I also like Wicked. I technically played Dorothy in high school. Like, we didn't do, like, a musical version. It was just, it was dinner in Oz. Like, it was a dinner theater version. Oh, that's cute. Wait, what makes a dinner theater something? Like, somebody is eating dinner when they watch it? Yeah, yeah. okay, got it. So, they would be provided a meal, and then we're putting on a show. Oh, I love that. And when I was on the Yellow Brick Road, we'd weave through the audience kind of a thing. Oh, that's 
that's cute. Yeah. You're Dorothy's. Yeah, like, oh. yeah. But I also love like there's a lot of like fan theories that Oz is like a parallel universe to Kansas, you know, because each of the people, the Tin Man is like her uncle, all those different things. Ooh, parallel universe. Yeah. Oz. Okay. I've also heard like Glinda is like the villain in a power play for Oz because technically at the end, she's the only power person left. And if she would have told Dor- Dorothy in the beginning that she could click her fucking heels and go home, <laughs> she wouldn't have had to follow the real big road in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> ah, these are some deep cuts, man. <laughs> and there's like a mental health side to it, too. So in the beginning, Dorothy is stuck in fear and frustration and anger after like her neighbor and Toto kind of have their little altercation, you know? <laughs> altercation. <laughs> <laughs> Springer moment, yeah. Yeah. And the scarecrow is in disbelief and helplessness. And the Tin Man is in hopelessness and gloom and the lion's kind of in like paralyzed anxiety, you know, and then they have to take responsibility for their emotional health and well-being, take a commitment on this journey together. Yeah. And they're acquiring tools like coping skills along the way. And they're helping each other kind of through the darkness, like in those scary, spooky moments. And then the Wicked Witch of the West appears throughout trying to convince Dorothy and her friends that they'll never succeed or arrive to the end of her sim- yes yeah. and she symbolized the limiting beliefs and negative thought patterns yeah um so yeah while you're trying to con- like although Conquer. you want change uh-huh. sometimes those underlying beliefs are still trying to pop in there and run the show right i love that and then it's not until the very end when the scarecrow kills off the witch that they feel like freedom and growth and then even even when they finally see that oz is a sham like it was they had the thing they already had they were the thing they yeah. were the thing yeah like they did it already and he just gave him like symbols to be like look you already did this in honor of you doing this like you already achieved oh that's cool yeah i, I really like that i'm gonna be real i just thought it was an acid trip <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i mean have... it probably came from that but i like to <laughs> i like to add my own story <laughs> literally no idea what it's from oh i like that so much did but you I have like to that. wear a red wig like, who are you? Oh, no, I just did my hair in braid. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I love that so much. I was, do you sing? I don't remember. No, it was not a musical. So, I know no. You said, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but do you, as a human, like, were you in musicals too? No. Okay. I, I was, I, would I be open to that? Maybe, but I don't know if I have, that would be scarier. Yeah. For sure. Than just knowing the, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, right on, right on. Oh, I love that about you. I, 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 it makes sense that you were in theater or drama because I think you could really kind of zhuzh up some energy and really, you've got a charisma about you. I think you Aww. could pull in an audience. Definitely. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. 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 No, cool. to be fair, it wasn't really, to be fair, it wasn't fair. I pretty much just was like, hey, I'm going to be Dorothy. Like <laughs> in a small town, like, you know, kind of like with that, like there's certain people who just get the thing and like I kind of just got, you know, first chair and, and this, yeah. it was just kind of like, okay, you're just Dorothy. <laughs> so I feel kind of bad. Sometimes. Like there wasn't like an odd, like <laughs> uh, there could have been a better Dorothy. I, I apologize to my peers if you wanted that part. <laughs> I just took it. <laughs> You're like the queen of this town. Like, no, 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 no. Only in the band and drama. Oh, no. Okay. In the I arts. was I was a bencher for everything else. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, that's awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, wow. So I what, actually got a movie reference too for the What's Good. Yeah. Time. Awesome. Yeah, What's yours? Really random. A so a friend of mine called me up. After listening to our, I want to say it was the nervous system episode, or it was some episode where we referenced PTSD. Mm. And she was talking about 
how after she had listened to this episode, she wanted to share with me her, a kind of a metaphor she uses about trauma. And I thought it was so good. It was so brilliant that I needed to share it with other people. So this is about generational trauma. (gasps) So you have seen The Lord of the Rings or you've heard of The Lord of the Uh, Rings. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Easy. So Frodo and all of his friends and the nine go on an adventure together. Mm -hmm. And Gandalf is kind of the head, the head poobah, the grand poobah Mm -hmm. of this adventure. And my friend was describing becoming a parent, like being Gandalf in this adventure. So when you have a trauma history, she was saying, you basically become uh, Gandalf on the Lord of the Rings adventure where you're guiding and shepherding all these little creatures (laughs) and you're basically trying to keep them safe. Keep them safe. Yeah. And like have them do the right thing. Yes. And have them do the right thing. Don't fall to the darkness. Don't fall to the... Exactly. Do not fall to the darkness. And she says the specific scene that she always thinks of and sometimes even says it in the shower is the you shall not pass scene Mm, related to trauma history. So (gasps) she said that a trauma history is like the flaming demon, the Balrog that Mm. comes out of the darkness and chases them in the minds of moria Uh. and that gandalf is the parent in this situation and he's in charge of making sure these little creatures get through the darkness safely protected and that when he realizes that you know it's like the trauma history rearing up its negative ugly head yeah he stands in front of it and he lays down his life and is like you yeah sacrifice himself yeah exactly Uh. and so she says that sometimes when You know, like if she feels her trauma history coming up or trying to get in the way of her parenting, she envisions herself like Gandalf standing (gasps) in front of the gosh, shouting, you shall not pass. Isn't that so That gives me chills, dude. That's amazing. I know. I love that. I like literally teared up when I heard it because I was like, that is such a beautiful way to think of stopping a pattern, a family pattern. I know it's kind of like heavy, but- no, I, I love it. I just really liked it. Yeah. Isn't that so that's, cool? That's like shivery. Yeah. I, know. I love that. She's so smart. I'm sure she'll listen to this episode. She called <laughs> me and was like, You're a better psychologist than I am. <laughs> After listening to the show, I was like, You know, I prepare for that, right? Like, I'm not just saying stuff. I have an outline. Like, anyway, I, I don't know. If you're listening, my friend, I won't blow your cover, but I, I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say she sounds pretty good herself. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? yeah. Dope. But you are pretty amazing, I will say. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's that's nice of you. Uh, I'm gonna use that. So thank you. Yeah. I'm gonna like. Yeah, I think any with people use that. If you catch yourself doing the things that you don't want to do, you don't want to teach your kid that. You don't want them to absorb that or mm-hmm. see that or. Or even your dog, man. No. Like you just don't want them to. You just no. don't want to have that don't energy. Put, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, you, you shall not pass. <laughs> Keep it. Bell yeah, it's not. It stops here. Yeah, it stops no, here. You, you, no, the next generation doesn't have to feel the same pain. Yeah, I really, uh, really love that. Such that's so hopeful, cool. Hopeful message. So anyway, go into the homework. <laughs> <laughs> I know you already told me, but for the audience, what happened? I failed, guys. But I consciously failed. Yeah. So this week has been... God, you know, I think it's just been this. It's been like several weeks that things yeah. have been just crazy sauce you in get, my you, life. You're getting toe up from the flow up um, there. <laughs> from both personal and professionally. And yeah. this week, I just I didn't have the jelly beans enough energy to actually have that conversation. So I conscientiously didn't do it because I couldn't receive like so you wait, need to what be. What's the homework again that you gave? Yourself? Oh, yeah. So the homework was to talk to my husband and like just check in with him to make sure that he is, you know, he's doing, cool doing well. Yeah. 
He's like, <laughs> are you you all right? <laughs> I know because he had, you know, he's in graduate school and working on his doctorate. So there's there's been some struggles. <laughs> of course. Of course. So I wanted to check in and I didn't. But I didn't because I didn't have the energy to truly engage in that conversation and give him the space that he deserves and like the energy and focus and attention that he deserves. Yeah. So I just. I'm putting it off for a legitimate reason. Yeah. You didn't want to half-ass. You wanted to whole-ass it. Exactly. (laughs) Want to use both butt cheeks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How about you? How did you do on your homework? I did all right. I did all right. Um, I am in a current health position such that I must state my needs to my partner. And so Mm. I am forced into better behaviors. Uh, So my homework was I just wanted to, you know, open up dialogues, just kind of be transparent with my partner and then make sure I was stating whatever I needed. My my risk in any relationship is I find other people's needs and uh, desires to be a lot larger than my own. I, I feel them mm-hmm. more intensely than my own and I often have... Like they're a priority before yours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even when I'm just in the same house or space as a person, I it's hard for me to even label mine above theirs. Like it's easy for me to know what somebody else needs, but if their needs are even even sort of big. I just Mm. kind of, it's like I just attend to that. It's probably, that's not a good thing. That's definitely like a codependent feature. So I have to be very aware of that Mm -hmm. and like look at my own and ask for my own things. Right. Which I have been doing. And nice. It's working. (laughs) Go figure, right? Following your own advice totally freaking works. So (laughs) just been identifying like my own needs in terms of, hey, I actually can't stay up an extra half an hour. I have to go to sleep right this minute right right i'm done for the day we're we're not watching another episode yeah yeah yeah. or i want this thing for dinner just being clear about it or Mm -hmm. i don't want to go to this party or no i'm not traveling for the holidays whatever it is right it's actually and my partner just likes loves loves instructions when you're direct Yeah, yeah loves it so it's going well. Yeah. I'm surprised, actually. Not like surprised at him, but surprised at me. <laughs> surprised <laughs> that at you, my own capacity. That you are communicating your needs. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been dope, actually. It's been dope. But I don't know. You know, we'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. I will do my best. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. <laughs> do your best. <laughs> do my best. So speaking of making some changes and doing your best, we are going to be talking this week about something called the trans theoretical model of change. So this model, it helps us to understand how likely a person is to make a specific health behavior change. Mm-hmm. So an example of a health behavior change could include quitting smoking. Starting exercising, changing your diet, looking for jobs. Right. This is an evidence-based research model that was originally developed by Porchaska and DiClemente in the 70s. Yeah, and everybody is at a different stage of change, and each behavior is in a different stage of change. So you may be in a more advanced stage of change for quitting your job and a less advanced stage of change for eating healthy. Uh, So first, we're just going to talk about the first stage of change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pre-contemplation. Pre-contemplation. <laughs> I am in I am in the the furthest stage of change for quitting my job. And yes. I am in the, the earliest stage of change for quitting chocolate. Right. So. Denial isn't just a river in Egypt. I love that line. Damn it. Bah, Such bah. a dad joke. Okay, so in this stage, <laughs> people it's called pre-contemplation. So in this stage, people do not tend to take any action in the foreseeable future they're just kind of hanging out 
really nothing is planning to happen in the next six months. Right. They may not know that their behavior is a problem or has any kind of downside to it. And people in this stage, they kind of underestimate how good it would be to get better. Mm -hmm. And they overestimate how good it is to stay the same. And they place a lot of emphasis on not changing. Like, that's where their thought pattern is. Right. This, I mean, they really don't believe they have a problem. That's that's kind of yeah. like they just don't see any reason to change their thinking or the behaviors. And yes. sometimes if there is a problem and they see that problem, it's not them. They're it's blaming somebody else. else. Yeah. Everybody else. There's blame. Yeah. yeah so so if they're if they actually acknowledge that there's a problem, it's not their problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. The but narcissist it's, prayer. Have you read that? <laughs> What's that? Oh, my God. I love that. Hold on. Let me read it to you. Okay, so I I always think of pre-contemplation stage. It's usually not this bad, but it just reminds me of the narcissist prayer, which is, that didn't happen. And if it did, it wasn't that bad. And if it was, it's not a big deal. And if it is, then it's not my fault. And if it was, then I didn't really mean it. And if I did, then you deserved it. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Yeah. Oh, that is such. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. But yeah, so (sighs) pre-contemplation phase is just no accountability. Right. Denial. There is something called a lack of change talk. So Mm. this person is not engaging in statements like, yeah, you're right. It was crappy that I told that lie. Or yeah, you're right. I need to quit smoking. Right. They have an excuse. They, They have a reason. There's. This is, you know, they they are focused on the benefit of maintaining the same. Yes. And the reason why this is important for people to know in regards to in the outside world, I mean, it's important for us to know as therapists because when somebody shows up in the pre-contemplation mm. stage of change, they're not likely to be a good therapy candidate. Right. Actually. Right. And it's good for people in the outside world to know that because when you if you want somebody that you know to go to therapy but they're not mm-hmm. in a stage of change where they're ready to make any changes it is not it's gonna not going to work anywhere. it's yeah. not going to work yeah it's just not going to go anywhere we cannot force somebody to move forward in their stage of change like right. that's not something we have the power to do there are things that can help but so th- so clients that we might see who are in pre-contemplation stage that probably we wouldn't want to see would be somebody who's like court ordered to treatment right right or they're maybe a teenager whose parent you know yeah. or the some of the kids too yeah. like do don't want to come they in. don't want to come they're being forced in for a certain reason and they don't see a reason to change it's just they're in treatment yeah lots of lots of like high substance use like yeah so i've had people who have gotten in like really bad car accidents due to drinking mm-hmm. and then we'll come into my office and be like well the judge said i need to come here but i don't think my drinking's a problem like, right that, that would right. be a pre-contemplation stage of change so it's not great and we probably wouldn't recommend it for therapy and yeah do we believe everybody can change probably but they got to be in the right stage of change they have to be ready mm-hmm. you you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink it, that's that's what it is is yeah. They have to be willing to take the drink. They have to be willing to take the action. They have to be willing to attend to themselves and do the thing. And if they're not willing to do the thing, then they're just going to be sitting and, and talking in therapy about how they're not going to do the thing. Like, that's right. right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the next stage of change is contemplation. Yeah. So what is this? What does this mean? How does this look? So this is when they admit they have a problem they realize they could make some changes uh, for a better life, 
but they aren't really ready to do it yet. They haven't started thinking or behaving or acting differently yet. They're not taking any active steps. They're still kind of ambivalent. They're trying to weigh the pros and cons kind of associated with the change. They're like, yeah, this is kind of a problem, but I don't really know. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're they're starting to think about the change. Maybe in the next six, six months, they're like, eh, this is an issue. But an ambivalence just means on they the fence can see both sides. Yeah, they can see the both sides of changing and not changing. And I don't know about you. Let me kind of ask what your experience is. But I would say most of my clients are in this kind of contemplation. Yeah. This is really, I think, when people tend to start to come to therapy because they're seeing a problem, but they're not really sure whether or not they want to change or how to change or what that even looks like or what steps to take. They're like, okay, here's this thing. And there might be something that I could do about this thing. Yeah, yeah they recognize there is a thing. <laughs> like, but I'm not really sure what I want to do about it. And I'm not really sure if I'm ready to go about it because I don't, you know, I don't know where to go. Yeah. Or if, or maybe I liked the old behavior. Like there are some pros to mm-hmm. why I do the thing I do. Like there's a reason this behavior pattern developed. Yes. Yes, exactly. And they're really just there to talk it out and to kind yep. of problem solve. Like they yeah. don't know the answer to the problem. And they they know the reasons that they keep doing the thing that's not helping them, but they don't necessarily know how to do a different thing. Always. Right. Right. And that's a that's an OK stage to come to therapy. in. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Because you don't always know, you know, how and you don't know the barriers or roadblocks that might come about. And when you do hit a barrier, how do you continue forward? You know, it it is a decent stage. But again, this is contemplation. Technically, you're not taking the action yet. You're all talk, no walk. Yeah, (laughs) you're you. You haven't done any of the action. You're just trying to figure out, do I want to make the change? What what would be good about this? What would be bad about this? Do I really how would I how would I address these roadblocks when I see them coming at me? Yeah. Yeah. I have a, a friend of mine, one of my best friends in the world, is just forever in contemplation stage. <laughs> forever is aware that there is an issue. And but it's just, like, nope. I'm just going to watch these issues. <laughs> I'm in the, it's the watching phase. It's the watching phase. Yeah. You're just observing, you're, you're now aware and you're observing the issues. Um, a, an example would be a client coming into me and being like, my PTSD is bananas bad. I cannot get out of the house. I know I need to go out of the house. Mm hmm. But it's really hard. Or I know I need to make friends. I'm just depressed. Or this relationship is super rough. I need to get out. I just don't know how. So right. they're they're here in therapy. They've labeled an issue and Finn. Right. That's it. Right. That's right. The whole thing. Right. Yeah. And, and contemplation is good to know for, you know, people in your day to day life because it's like, OK, they're at least thinking about this. Right. They're at least aware that there's a problem and they're acknowledging that there's a part they play in it mm-hmm. and there's something they can do about it. Yes. And again, I think it is important when you're in that stage to consider the benefits that led you to those unhealthy patterns. Because if you don't let yourself acknowledge why you were stuck in those patterns, mm-hmm. you're you're going to just fall back into them again. Yeah. Like you need to you need to know what you're letting go of and why. Yeah, the contemplation stage is a can be a really useful information gathering phase mm-hmm. of like. How did I get here? Right. And and, and no judgment of how you got here. Yeah, yeah. That's the key. No judgment, guys. That was you at that time. And now you're trying to be a new new version of yourself. Uh (laughs) So learn and grow and... Yep. And keep it moving. <laughs> yeah. As my receptionist used to say, freaking love. Oh, uh, yeah. Keep it moving. Oh, Angel, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> so the next stage is preparation. 
In this stage, people are generally ready to take action within the next 30 days. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what it sounds like. They are preparing for a health behavior change. They're taking little steps that ready them for the change. Right. And they believe they are fully acknowledging that if I make this change, then this positive thing will probably happen. If I go for a run, then I will feel less depressed. If I right. stop eating candy for breakfast, then my diabetes will get better. Right. Yeah. And maybe they're getting some running shoes and getting, you know, they're taking some active efforts. Yeah. Like they're not yet consistent. Mm-hmm. They're making mistakes and going back to probably old behavior pa- patterns and routines. Like they're they're falling into some of those old old habits occasionally, mm-hmm. but they're they're making efforts. It's just not quite consistent yet. But they're they're recognizing when they do fall and they're trying to recover. Yeah, absolutely. I liked your example of preparing by getting running shoes. Another one is like, hey, I'm feeling really lonely. I'm going to download a dating app, right? I'm not on it yet, but I've downloaded the app. I'm not ready. <laughs> or I'm not going to quit smoking today, but I got my nicotine patches. Or right. I'm not going to call my daughter yet, but I'm going to write a letter that I haven't sent yet or Mm, whatever that is. Right. You're taking some active steps. You're just, you're not fully in it yet. Right. And therapy is a, this is a fine place to come to therapy. Oh Uh, yeah. This is a great place. In fact, sometimes this is you coming to therapy. I mean, sometimes therapy is the active step. (laughs) You know, you're like, yeah, Yeah. you had been contemplating at home for a while and now finally you've seen the therapist. Like, you know, sometimes this is the active step. Absolutely. It's it's (laughs) the preparation for the other behavior change. Right. And in therapy, when you're in this stage, it often involves problem solving, Um, adding someone's like skills or techniques so you can be more consistent with that behavior change. Um, And it often requires a lot of motivation because it's really easy to fall back into contemplation when you're in that preparation stage. Um, And unfortunately, I mean, sometimes this is basically where somebody is like their entire stage of therapy. There are times where people don't really fully make it to action, like the next stage. Yeah. And that's that's okay because sometimes that you know they they literally they they just reach that next stage and they're like they fly the coop mm-hmm. so like most of the stage is like this back and forth in that thing but yeah that's very true that's very very yeah. true a lot of therapy can be preparation yeah. yeah yeah the next stage is as you referenced action so in this stage people have they have done a different behavior mm-hmm. within the last six months. And they're going to move forward with that with that behavior going going on for the foreseeable future. Right. They they show this by actually doing it. So I stopped smoking, or right. I or at least I reduced cigarettes by five a day. Or yeah. I actually went on a run. It was only right. one minute, but I did it. Right. That's still action. Yeah. Little little things are still action. Action doesn't, the action phase doesn't discriminate whether the action is large or small. If you are doing even the tiniest little thing, you're in the action phase and you are more likely actually to be successful by even doing the tiniest little thing. Yeah. Which is why when we talk to patients, we talk about like break it into the idiot, the smallest steps. Yeah. Baby step. Cause it at least will launch you into the action phase, which is likely to carry you forward with more momentum. Right. Right. Yeah. Because that's what I was going to say. My, with, with some of the treatment programs that I have done, action is consistent change. This is when you are consistently yeah. responding and thinking differently and using yes. that new behavior. It's not just random. They're all relevant to the identified problem or goal. Yeah. And 
in in the stuff that I had done, you know, changes in those thought patterns and behaviors may, may actually need to continue and be consistent for like a year or so before that person is really fully considered in the action stage. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. You, it can be like, it can be one minute of running something really small, but right. for a year. Right. Right. Yeah. I could see why that would um, be longer in the population. So and that yeah, that I have worked with. We're like, <laughs> no, you're not in action, yo. <laughs> like <sighs> that tiny thing you did is not yeah. action. So yeah. for the programs that I did, you had to be a little bit considered more consistent. But I think in general population public in general communication, yeah. if you're taking the steps you're doing, you you are at least Consistently. Start, yeah, consistently. You are in action. Yeah, I think I think the model says it's within the last six months if you're doing things consistently. So you could be going on a one-minute run for a couple of months every Tuesday and Wednesday, mm-hmm. technically in the action phase. Right. Uh, but there's reasons for why we would be really much more reserved about that, like Michaela is saying. Mm-hmm. So like, if you are, for example, somebody who was a sex offender, we would not yeah. assume that you were in the action phase yeah. when you are not in the action phase. Yeah. Like, so yeah. we in- need to be really more um, reserved about this for certain populations. Other people, like my clientele tend to be, it's like- It's low risk. We start doing yeah. stuff. I'm like, all right, action phase. Exactly. Nice. That's what I said. In, in general, outpatient therapy, once they reach action stage, they're ready to fly the coop. Yeah. They're good. But but in the populations when I was in the prison, honestly, to pass the treatment programs, you had to just be in preparation because we didn't you're because you weren't going to be in action. Like there was like a zero point five percent that really made it into action. And they were only in action because they already started. Sure. You know, like they had already been working on themselves. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And then the next one is maintenance. Right. And that's exactly how it sounds. You're maintaining the changes over a long period of time. But in order to truly reach maintenance, you have to be faced with a high risk situation and still continue with that new thought pattern and or behavior. Oh, that's an interesting thing I did not have in my notes. And I totally agree with. Yes. Yes. So, and this does not mean that you put yourself in a risky no. situation. Oh my God. No, it's do this, not go to the bar just no. you won't drink. Jesus. No, this means that you would make a healthier choice where in a similar situation, you wouldn't have made that choice. You're not purposely exposing yourself. Just when that risky situation arises, you're able to make the appropriate response and use effective skills and follow through on the, the behavior change that you wanted to. Right. So let's say that in the past, you were at risk for binge eating, let's say, mm. and you really didn't eat mindfully and your biggest trigger was the Chinese buffet. <laughs> I don't know who feels that way. That's just an Before example. Before you got the Chinese buffet, I was there, but. <laughs> <laughs> How about just buffet? What would buffet. be your, the buffet? Mm. Mine would have to be a sweets buffet, probably, Ooh, like some okay. kind. So you mm. are faced with a heavenly dessert buffet in front of you. <sighs> there are all of the candies, cookies, and baked goods. Oh. And you are only in maintenance if you're like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to eat Yep. Eddie's cookies and baked goods to my comfort level. Right. I'm not going to overeat. Pop. Yes. <laughs> and I'm only going to eat what really feels like. I'm not going to just get one. You know, I'm not going to get yeah. everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm only going to get the I things that I, I really desire. Yep. And then stop. 
Yeah. <laughs> that would be a, a risky situation. Or, you know, you're And I'm going to slowly eat it too. I'm going to let myself enjoy it while I'm eating it. I'm going to yes. mindfully eat. That yes. would be a big key component of a binge eater too, yes, I think, in that scenario. Be, and that would be maintenance phase. You've yeah. You've been presented with this risky situation. You successfully mindfully ate at the heavenly dessert buffet <laughs> that now I'm going to make. <laughs> and, and that would be an example. Or an easier example is just, let's say you don't drink anymore and- you were at a party and somebody offers you a drink. Right. And you said no. Right. Okay. Maintenance. We're, we're, we're working it out. Yeah. And the next stage is termination. So in this stage, people have no desire to return to their unhealthy behaviors and they are sure they will not relapse. They've been tempted several times. They mm-hmm. have not relapsed. It's actually the benefits of the health behavior are now so high to them that it, it doesn't really feel like a temptation. It's like, right. I don't even know who that person was. Right. I never go back there. Yeah, that was a completely different person then, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. And it, it takes a long time, years usually, <laughs> yeah. to get into this phase. Oh, a yeah. A long time. We Guys, may never see this. In yeah. This think about think about how long it you d- took you to develop that behavior pattern. Mm. Okay. If it took you, if you're now 30 years old and you've been doing that same shit for 30 years, mm-hmm. it's going to take you like 20 <laughs> before yes. you really probably feel like termination. I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration, but to some degree it's not. It, it takes a really long time. Think of how long you've fallen into those, you know, same traps. those same traps. And and there are going to be random mishaps. You maybe, maybe you think you're in maintenance for a couple of years and then you fall back. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with these stages of change. You know, like you might reach preparation. It doesn't mean you're never going to find yourself back in pre-contemplation. Even though you're you're even though there's an order to these stages of change, it doesn't mean that you're going to flow through them in order. And it's very yeah. easy to fall back into those patterns and routines because maybe you handled that one party when that person offered you, but you go to a different party after you just had some kind of stressful experience and then you end up falling bait. Yep. You know, it, it takes a long time. Yep. And it and it doesn't like let's say you do let's say you relapsed into a bad behavior change. Uh and you're drinking again or smoking again or eating too much again, whatever it is, whatever mm-hmm. your vice is, or you're just laying in bed all day, whatever. And it it's yes, maybe maybe you start over in your stages of change, but maybe you don't. Yeah, you might jump back into action. Yeah, you might you may jump back into action and it might last shorter that second time. Right. You might be able to flow into it quicker. Yeah. Because you have all of, you've already done all the preparation Mm -hmm. work. So you can just floss right into action, just move on through there and you know what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's all for naught if you do kind of bump back a little. It's just, it might take different amounts of time per the different stages in your life. Right. And per what the vice is and how long you've had the vice. And I mean, the key is just be patient with yourself. Try not to be hard on yourself and just try to be consistent. Just make the effort. Yeah. Yeah. But like we said, termination is not often something that we get to as therapists. No, we don't see that very often. Now, do we terminate in therapy? Sure. There's a termination to therapy. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's usually like most of my terminations are when somebody's been in the action phase. Yeah. Agreed. For some time. Agreed. And. But again, sometimes people end in preparation with me. <laughs> like, they're just like, okay, bye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> so I want to make this clear. This is my biggest pet peeve in the entire world. Not in the entire world. But one of my biggest pet peeves <laughs> is when people will say, like, 
well, they can change. They're going to change. They're going to get better for me. He's going to change for me. <laughs> I can't. I can't with that. I, I, it drives me up a freaking wall because as, again, a person who does this professionally, I, I want you to know, look, really look with your eyes mm-hmm. at what their be- behaviors are doing and what stage of change they're in based right. on this model. Based on their behaviors. Yeah. I would actually say most people for most bad behaviors are all the way back in pre-contemplation. Oh, yeah. Most people are in pre-contemplation. If they're, if this person is treating you poorly in any kind of way and mm-hmm. they're in pre-contemplation, there's not a whole lot you personally can do to move them out of that. No. It's going to be something that they're going to need to find on their own that feels good to them and motivates them personally. Right. We as professionals have professional tools. Yeah, we have help. we have tools that help us try to push people in the right direction, but they still have to make the decision that they want to take that direction and they still have to put in the effort. Yeah. And even sometimes if you were to be like, hey, go to therapy, they may not be ready, right? They may not right. be ready. So be really careful. Like when we're presenting the stages of change, this is for the lay person. It is for you to be able to recognize Let's say you have a good friend and I don't know, what would a good friend be doing that was crazy or annoying? Like they smoke all the time and you're worried about their health or <laughs> okay. they like, I don't know, they get high all day and they eat Cheetos. Yeah. And you're like, hey, like you just had a maybe they had just actually had even a heart situation yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, ah, uh. <laughs> you're like, maybe you shouldn't do that. But like if they're like, nah, man, weed is the best. It's better than alcohol. Here's this pot leaf sticker. Also, would you like brownies? Like, they're not actually... They're not ready to change. Yeah. You're not going to... Yeah. You putting effort into that right now, like, you can still be their friend. You can still engage with them in ways that feel healthy and boundary-oriented. But... Right. You investing all of these jelly beans into forcing them into... Something different. ...stage, Mm -hmm. it's not... It's even hard for us as trained professionals. Right. kind of keep that in mind as, (laughs) as the lay person. Yeah. But on the upside... There are things that we can do as trained professionals to help. Yeah. So what do we do? (laughs) We often use motivational interviewing. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on that. We really probably should. We should do it. Did you know I'm like. Trained in that? Yeah, I think I did know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like a thing I do. I don't know. Yeah. I guess. I think I just do it naturally. I actually had a co-facilitator one time say that she thought she was like running group with somebody who is just like so train trained in train. it yeah and i was That's like no awesome. actually i do not have that i'm not like- legit i'm not legitimately trained but i know the thing yeah you have the vibe for sure <laughs> rolling with resistance uh, yep so one of the first things that we can do it's motivational interviewing but we'll just kind of break down different pieces of that so one would be trying to increase somebody's awareness about and we talked about that a little bit about the pros the cons yeah yeah let's let's weigh the costs the benefits basically we want to encourage them to focus on what is the benefit of change and what are the consequences of staying the same and long-term versus short-term benefit cost analysis kind of stuff motivational interviewing is us trying to really help them focus in on what is why do you want to change is there what's what's this benefit over here yeah. isn't it does, would that benefit feel pretty good i yeah. think that'd feel pretty good yeah. does this thing over here feel kind of bad yeah that does kind of feel kind of bad <laughs> is that affecting your relationships poorly yeah it kind of is isn't it yeah hmm maybe we could do something about that yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. is, is that <laughs> the key is patience open-ended questions yes that 
generate their own personal reasons for change, not our reasons for change. They can't be our reasons for change. Otherwise, mm-hmm. nobody gets any better or does anything. It has to be their own personal reason for change. And it has to be something that they that connects to them in a meaningful way. So mm-hmm. we use open-ended questions and reflections to do that. We also might kind of play on the emotional sides of like, how does it feel when the bad thing happens related right. to your bad Stuff right. When do. this consequence happens because you did this thing, how does that feel? And how does that affect everything? What's that ripple effect look like? Yeah. Like what does that actually right. feel like in your chest? In your when you body? assaulted this person, what did that do to your freaking life? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there was a lot of consequences. Maybe we should do some anger control, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, what does it feel like when you have to, I don't know, maybe again, we'll go back to the alcohol example. Like what does it feel like when you feel out of control and then you mm. wake up in the morning in a place you don't, don't know what did yeah. your emotions do you experience right or when you had that blackout and then somebody tells you what you did when you were in no, that and yeah. that's and that's something that you would not that is not in line with your morals or values yes exactly so we help explore like what are the emotional connotations and we can even do imagery exercises mm-hmm. really love the okay if you keep going this way if you keep doing these behaviors right in one year what does it look like in three years and five years we yep. actually have them visualize and describe it mm-hmm. okay if you then change the behavior what does that look like in one three and five years it could be visualization it could be journaling yeah anything. yeah and i like to use smart goals too those are dope we i think we talked about in the very first episode did we us in smart goals yeah we, we did talk about that. Refresh us, though. Yeah. So SMART goals are the S stands for, for specific. So not too broad. You're, you're specifically identifying a behavior. Mm-hmm. Measurable. How will you know that you achieve the goal? How, how are you going to know that you've met the thing? What, what is the measure? Accountable. How are you going to hold yourself accountable? How are you going to know that you achieved that you thing? Yeah. Realistic. what is a realistic goal what you know break it down to that small thing and then time limited set a deadline when are you going to meet that goal by yeah so this is we kind of are like kind of bumping people into the action phase intentionally we're trying to just like pop them up like a little volleyball so that yeah (laughs) yeah we can get them into the next right right we'll keep whether or not they actually hit it you know is the thing but you keep throwing that the coach keeps throwing the ball up until the person gets it (laughs) you know (laughs) just keep popping it up popping it up trying to get you into that next phase we may also have you do a little bit of appraisal of like Michaela said, value systems, mm-hmm. where you currently are with your values. And if you want to do that, we have an episode on values way back. So oh, yeah, yeah. listen Check back because that relates. So we'll ask you about what is your system of meaning? What is your personal value system? Yeah. And how does this change you want connect to your values right. and your goals? We might have you look a little bit at your relationships mm-hmm. um, and your environment and see how your environment is supporting or not supporting right. your behavior goals. Yeah. And what kind of changes potentially could be made related to that. Yes. Yep. And same with environments. And then my favorite, because I'm a behaviorist at heart, is I like to do, you know, behavioral reinforcement schedules. Oh, yeah. Oh, love those. We reward. Break that down. Yeah. Tell <laughs> Tell them what it means. Yeah. Uh, Give it to me, Sonny. A behavior reinforcement <laughs> schedule is you I, I don't typically tend to use punishments like we use rewards. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um so it's a it's either uh there's a schedule of consequences for the bad thing or a schedule of rewards for the good thing that you do. And the consequences are just like you as a psychologist or a social worker are not like slapping them in the face <laughs> when they drink. Like, there's no 
not we're not five, those people. One of the five biggest say to the face Shit. <laughs> you don't just like slap somebody in the fucking face if they relapse. Like that's not. But you like the quote consequences just having them evaluate their own consequences. Right. Like, the hangover. So you, the yeah. The relationship about, discord. Exactly. Yeah. Like how did this impact things with your significant other or with your kid or whoever mm-hmm. and just have them explore that personally. And this is in a non-judgmental way, by the way. You don't. Right. You don't as a therapist ever like. You don't put them down. Yeah. You're like, okay, you did the thing. So now how do we grow and expand from this? Where do we go from here? The thing happened. Here's the thing. What's the thing that we can learn from that when it happened? What's, you know, what barrier did hit you that you weren't prepared for? And how can we learn from that moving forward? Exactly. And then the, the positive side would be, okay, I successfully did not binge eat at the dessert buffet of my dreams. So I'm going to take myself out and get my nails done. Yeah. Or I'm going to go, I'm going to call a friend and tell her and get some kudos for that. Yeah. Or I'm going to, you know, you can, I had Treat yourself. (laughs) Treat yourself. Uh, I had a friend, actually, this was really interesting. She wanted to make a health behavior change for weight loss. So she put herself on a um, schedule where it was just like, generally in this amount of weight loss, I'm going to get a Fitbit for myself. And generally in this amount of weight loss, I'm going to go to Italy. I just like, I'm Ooh, just making things. Yeah, up. yeah, like, yeah. She had like a reward for each little. For the level that she made? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Incredibly motivated person. But that works for people. I mean, some people yeah. are really reward approach people. Like they love rewards. Right. Think about kids with the token system. Think yes. about back, back when you were in school. And how if you read so many books, mm-hmm. you know, you got a free pizza or you got, you know, this toy or yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. Reward yourself. Yes. Treat yourself. <laughs> there are different types of people. I don't know if this is evidence supported that are some are very reward approach and some are very <laughs> consequence averse. Yeah. I think I used to be a reward approach person. Like in school, I'd be like, yay, all the accolades. And now I'm just consequence averse. I, oh, you no. can tell me, good job, all that. I don't give a shit. Say it with money or don't say it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't care. Maybe like, you just have higher standards now. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. 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 <laughs> than I used to be. I don't know. But so those are some of the ways I had to kind of facilitate people in the right direction those are all motivational interviewing principles and right generally just good psychology honestly. right and that's yeah that's generally how how we engage and again most of our therapy is in this process where we're continuing to evaluate how do we keep moving forward mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's it's such a tricky dance because i find a lot of the times even when i tell somebody just the plain god's honest truth about something when they're not in a situation in a place or a stage of change to hear mm. the stage of change i'm bringing to the table it just doesn't go anywhere no like and yeah it's, it's exhausting yeah it's an exhausting process i think especially for lay people because it's like because they don't know yet how to roll with resistance you know because there are times where it's like okay well you want to waste this whole hour and not actually work on your shit then i guess that's on you i'm sorry like right. I, like i'll roll with it because yeah. sometimes especially with some of those people sometimes you have to build rapport for a while mm-hmm. too and yeah blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> nice, uh... dang it just tell me your shit come on let's figure it out yeah let's it dive in it's hard when you're a giant eyeball that, this is like that you the... already know the thing yeah. yeah you're like okay i see the problem here are you yeah. ready for it yet are you ready for it yet are you ready yet you ready what isn't there a song like are you ready for it burr, burr, burr. i think you're you right ready for it oh it's is that Taylor britney Swift. 
Oh, it's Taylor? It does sound like Britney, bitch. <laughs> but it's Br- Taylor. Bitch. Hey, isn't she free now? I think so. That's good. We should we should explore that someday because <laughs> that was actually a really yeah her whole mental breakdown would be fun to ex- to oh play with God, to explore. That, I don't even feel like I know. So I actually used to do testing for not conservatorships but competency mm-hmm. evaluations because I did all that like brain injury right, right, stuff right. and whatever back in the day. And the bar is extremely high. Uh, yes, right. So for that to happen, yeah. I know it is kind of bonker sauce. I, I know I'm curious. Like, I'd love to learn more about it. I don't I know. feel like I know enough about we'll it. We'll have to, to do like research. When we have time to do like the research on it and give it to the genuine college try. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Someday. I, someday over the rainbow, guys. Let us do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put, whoever is taking notes, put Britney bitch on our topic list. Please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like everything, this model that we're talking about has some strengths and weaknesses. The strengths generally are that we can actually predict and use effort in the right sorts of ways and mm-hmm. leverage in the right sorts of ways to help clients change based on the stage of change they're in. Like if we know this model, we right. can push in the areas that need pushed. Exactly. Right. Push in the areas that need pushed. Right. And and just like categorizing emotions, thoughts and mental illness, like it helps us define what's actually occurring. Mm-hmm. And both with the therapist and the person, like mm-hmm. sometimes we can be like, mm, it sounds like you're in contemplation. Like it sounds like you're not, you're still weighing the pros and cons, you know, mm-hmm. We can kind of have that communication and it it gives you a language yeah. also yeah. to communicate with. And again, when I was uh, providing treatment in the prison, this was this was whether or not you were successful in treatment, depending yeah. on your stage of change. Oh, that's a good that's a good bit of information. I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Yeah. And it's flexible. It's a flexible model. Right. So I like that about it. You can bounce back and forth between stages of change. And like I said earlier, you can be. So I'm personally in a stage of change right now with physical activity where I'm probably in maintenance. Right. I'm just I'm just doing it. I'm just doing <laughs> And I'm in pre-contemplation with physical activity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're pre-contemplation. And I'm in a stage of change with um Oh God, mindfulness. I'm in pre-con or I'm in contemplation. Like I know, I know it's good for me. I know I feel better when I do it. I know. I know. I feel so good, but I haven't done it. Right. (laughs) And I'm in preparation with that, I would say. Like I'm doing some active step, but I'm not consistent. There you go. See, look at that. (laughs) It's in like a different kind of phase. And like you can be murdering it you can right. be maintenance or termination with one health behavior and just right be and failing on the other pre-contemplation <laughs> in the others so like try not to judge yourself too harshly right um the the drawbacks of this model just to kind of keep in mind is that the the theory does ignore some of the context where change occurs like the amount of money you have for example right the, some occurred. of those limitations that just yeah. societal or economically yeah. or yeah like i would imagine that not I would imagine. I know personally that when you do not have money, mm-hmm. it is real hard to yeah. make a health behavior change for eating healthy food. Right. Like, I know that because I've lived that. Right. That's, it just becomes more difficult. And you decide to go stages of change in different directions, mm-hmm. like with other health behaviors, um, which is, you know, but it's still a useful, I think, tool. The the lines between the stages of change and the timelines are not super validated. Like right, as, different theories have different kind of lengths, time lengths. Yeah. yeah, and as you saw with Michaela and I today, it's like we as therapists even are like, eh, I don't know, like a eh, year. Right, <laughs> in right. Some programs, it's a year, and some it's like a day. Well, and in most therapies, unless you are doing a structured treatment where you need to know the stage of change, we're not necessarily 
we're not necessarily talking about it like that that much. Like it's not something that I'm bringing up that much in therapy. I might discuss it with them if if I need to push them along. Yeah. Yeah. We're not we don't like (laughs) we don't hit you. (laughs) We don't hit you with like, yo, you're in the pre-contemplation phase of change, homie. Here are the changes. Right. Like, right. We're not doing all that. But right. And I think also just like everything, like not everything fits in a full category. Like sometimes there is like they don't sometimes people just don't fit a category. Like, That's true. <laughs> Absolutely true. Absolutely true. I feel like I have, <laughs> I feel like on a day to day basis, I can like bounce between certain ones. Mm-hmm. Like I have like moments of clarity. I always describe them like <laughs> moments of clarity, you know, like in um, the notebook where after he reminds her who she is, she has like 15 minutes where she's like, oh, shit, this is who I am. We're married. Blah, 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 blah. I have like 15 minutes a day where I can like pierce the veil and be like, oh, shit, this is what I got to do with my life. <laughs> right. And then you <laughs> fall back into the into the, the clouds reemerge and like, damn it. <laughs> oh, I was so smart for that 15 minutes. <laughs> and so, yeah. So it's it's not like a perfect system. It's just something that we use as therapists. Right. And, it, and it's a good thing, again, just for yourself to kind of check in on yourself and see where you're at. You know, if there is something that you want to change, you can kind of reflect and be like, OK, well, wh- what am I doing? What mm-hmm. Which stage am I in? And am I ready for this? And yeah. 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 So t- speaking about that, what do we want to do for homework? I I want to keep doing the partners thing, I okay. think. Yeah. That's- because because I conscientiously failed, I still want to take the time and effort to check in on check in on my lover. So ooh, lover, <laughs> lover. <laughs> okay, lover, lover, like lover. <laughs> sorry, sounds like I'm just saying lava, lava, lava. Oh, have you seen that Pixar one, the lava? Mm-hmm. What? There's a little Pixar short um, oh. on Disney. Oh, do you have Disney Plus? Yeah. What's it called? It's. Uh, it's just look for shorts and it has it's lava something and it's like lava love like it's like a little Wait, love story. Is that and the it's one the, with the is that the one with the um it's not blush. No, it's not blush. Okay, no, never mind. No, never mind. This is like a volcano that's oh. sad and lonely and it just wants somebody to love it, but there's a volcano under the water that loves that volcano and he sings all the time about how he just wants somebody to love her and the person who loves him is there, but he doesn't know she's there. And oh. then like then there's like an eruption and uh-huh. then they like they, it's really sad actually no! but yeah <laughs> you can watch it. oh, man, it's just a little short sad pixar movies. i know i know uh, sometimes you gotta let it go though i think i'm just gonna <laughs> become aware of stages of change i'm in for certain things because i like to think i'm in an action phase with everything like rabbit <laughs> likes to think that rabbit can run no matter what forever yeah and I'm just not. I'm just not. So I think I'm just going to try to, like, use the model to be aware of, like, where to put my efforts right now. I dig and, that. Yeah. And if I'm in pre-contemplation, just, like, fucking let it go, man. Right. <laughs> For now, it's just what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're just going to just... We're going to take steps where I can take steps. Exactly. Like, go go where your actual motivation is, not where you think your motivation should be. Right. That's kind of what I'm going to go with. I, I have a lot of, like, things that I think I should be doing, but don't actually have any real desire to do. Mm-hmm. So I'll just kind of like assess that. And that's kind of what I'll do for homework. I can dig that. That's good. So I got a couple of jokes for you. Today. Oh, okay. I got one too. I, I, I got two. Okay. You go first. First one is just a quote. Life is like underwear. Change is good. <laughs> <laughs> Change right. that diaper. Hit, hit me back. Hit me back. Girlfriend. I'm so sick of you pretending you're a transformer. I'm leaving you. <laughs> Boyfriend, 
baby, wait, I can change. <laughs> Transformer. These are, these are badass change jokes. I really like it. Okay, I got one more. My doctor told me I had to stop drinking. It's going to be a massive change for me. I've been with that doctor for 15 years. <laughs> I love how we like did the theme today. We like right? didn't realize it. On all levels. Oh, high five. Yeah. Yeah. We just mimed a high five over We did. It was a very Jim and Pam high five. Yeah. Hoya. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's our pod for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Check Thank us you. out on Patreon and Gmail and all the things. Follow us, like us. And love us. Yay. Lava. Lava. <laughs> right. Okay, bye. bye. Guys. Oh, my goodness.